You're listening to Faith by Hearing with Dave Delaney, Christian conversations about faith, family, and friends. Who likes fruitcake? I did have a good one in England. It was it was like a really? loaf. It was a slice. It was actually pretty good. No, it's terrible. All <laughs> fruitcake. Most, most is of the terrible. time it is. It's bad. But people apparently like it because it's a lot of it being made. It's a lot of fruitcake being passed around at this time of the year. Do you think that's because people like it or because it's just what you do? Well, they they wouldn't do it if people didn't like it. Well, candy corn though. Wait a second. No, no. Think about... Oh, stop, Derek. We're not moving past that. Is it going to act like candy corn and fruitcake belong in the same no, category? It's like a softer version. You see candy Shut corn... your mouth. You see candy corn everywhere at fall yes. season. How many people... How many times do you actually see someone eating candy corn? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge candy corn fan, but do not put candy corn in the same family I'm just as saying it's everywhere. Fruitcake. Every house, every business you go into, there's a bowl of candy corn. How many times have you actually seen someone eat it? My my grandmother would literally send through the mail fruitcake from to our house as of when I was a little kid. Anything that can make it that far without changing any consistency of the product could probably last through a nuclear bomb. I'm actually going to ship. I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to ship deer meat back to myself from Michigan or if I'm going to fly it. Shipping's cheaper, but flying's more simple, so we'll see. If you check a cooler with deer, it's pretty much guaranteed going to be over 50 pounds. So that puts you adding a check bag is 50 bucks. Overweight fees, 50 bucks. So it's $100 to fly it. Do it the cartel way. Strap it to your thighs. <laughs> Duct tape it to your stomach. Just blood leaking through all my clothes. <laughs> okay, well, welcome to Faith by Hearing, an authentic conversation about faith, friends, and family. And we are happy to have a guest in studio today. If you hear a voice that you do not recognize immediately, it's because it's Jason Homestead. He's one of our deacons here at the church. And just all around good guy, wonderful family. We asked him if we could interview him about the uh, the job in which he works, but he told us if he if he told us what he does for a living, he'd have to kill all of us and all of our listeners. Wow. Yeah, and we we value your lives that much. We don't really value our lives that much, but that would be at least six people. <laughs> <laughs> But he's uh, he's in, he's in studio today to help us with our Christmas trivia, and uh, Evan's going to tell us a little bit about the games that we're doing, we're playing today. But we thank you for for tuning in with us. And then after the trivia time, we'll we'll have just a, a couple thoughts that we'll we'll close the the podcast out today with. Before we jump into into the, the serious talk, we want to have some uh, want to have some talk about the the trivia section. Well, anyways, my favorite part of uh, some of the other podcasts that I consume is when they're interactive. Like when you're sitting there listening and you find yourself talking along alone in your car, which probably looks weird to people passing you in traffic. For me, those are fun podcasts. So that's what we wanted to make today is uh, a chance for us to have some fun here as we record and you can play along at home. So in light of the Christmas season, we're going to do some Christmas trivia. And uh, we did, were talking amongst ourselves who we wanted to have come on and host because obviously 
I can't host trivia because then I know the answers. And then it's just two people playing trivia, which is a little weird. So we, uh, Pastor Derek, they all thought that uh, Jason should come on. Very smart. I feel like you know a lot about abstract things. Like you have interest and in like areas of knowledge that aren't super common, which is exactly what you look for in a trivia host. It's because he has to, as a secret agent, he has to be well versed. He in just said what he did. Multiple areas of life. Not a secret anymore. <laughs> we asked Jason to come up with some good trivia questions. Some Christmas themed, some just uh, world themed. He could go. We gave him a lot of liberty in this, so we have no idea what to expect. But it will uh, make for a fun first few minutes as we uh, play along. If you want to take this seriously, and we can trust your honesty, then you keep track of how many you get right and DM it to us. And the highest person will not get a prize because this is way too easy to cheat at. But we will shout you out. So We'll give them a shout out? We'll give them a shout out. Wow. Okay. If they give, if they DM their score, yeah, just since, even if it's not a high score, who knows? Maybe you'll be the only one who sends it in, and you'll win by default. <laughs> it will be the highest score exactly. sent to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, so the format's going to be: I'm going to ask you a question, and it's either going to be a blank or just a, a question, and then there will be A through D. I'll oh, give you, man. I'll give you A through D. So it makes it easy, but it's not. It's maybe topics you aren't the expert in so it, it will help you okay for me that's all topics so for example when did whiskey whiskey deuce or otherwise known as world war ii end so uh you would, hopefully you know this all right this this is supposed to be like a, a easy one right so a 1942 b 1935 c 1945 or d they made a sequel to world war one what did you call this? World War II? Whiskey, whiskey, deuce. Whiskey, whiskey, deuce. Wow. What do they call that alphabet That's, system? Yeah. I have no idea. Like Bravo? Yeah, Alpha, Bravo, Foxtrot. <laughs> what's you know. the, uh, I thought, what's the name for that system? I, I don't know, actually. Yeah, he's, well, he knows it. He's not telling us. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you need. That's how you know he's a secret agent. Whiskey, whiskey, deuce. Wow. You could have cut off the question right there and been uh, like, what historic what? event is Whiskey Whiskey, whiskey, whiskey Deuce? deuce I, would, I would not have gotten that. <laughs> I'll make a note. That's actually, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. All right, we're ready? Okay. Here we go. So, in the early 1900s, there was a rush to reach the South Pole. What was the most common fur used for the expeditions? A, bear, B, Reindeer, C, seal, or D, I'd rather expedition to a Caribbean beach. Oh, that's answer. interesting. Reindeer. My answer is C. I don't Ooh. remember what letter it was, but I spelled oh. bear. <laughs> so so C was uh, seal, seal. seal, and A was bear. So actually the answer is reindeer. So that was, what? Oh. That was secretly a Christmas theme. Oh, wow. I should have saw that coming. All right. So, what? Reindeer hide. <clears throat> huh makes sense yeah actually they have sleeping bags that are made out of reindeer a lot of the coats that they had were made out of reindeer you think because here. it's lighter than bear fur probably it, it could be i just said it ended up being very very useful i think a lot of inuits use it too so from a caribou standpoint interesting i don't know why i thought seal i just feel like there's a lot of seal down there yeah i think i thought that because all the inuits use seal skin for everything hmm. but that's the that's the other pole mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Two. All right. Each year since the 1970s, millions of Japanese families have celebrated Christmas Day with a party barrel from what restaurant? A. Kentucky Fried Chicken. B. Baskin Robbins. C. Sizzler. Or D. Don't need it. I am the party. Oh wow. Can you read the question again? Each year since 19 since the 1970s, millions of Japanese families have celebrated Christmas Day with a party barrel from blank. Wow. Ooh. A KFC, B Baskin Robbins, C Sizzler, and D don't need it. I am the party. Wow. Party barrel. A party barrel. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. A for sure. Yes, yes, okay. For sure. Are you mocking me right it- now? <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, according to the BBC, a local Jap- Japanese restaurant owner dreamed up the idea, and the company took it national in 1974. Wow! So the Japanese will get a party barrel of fried chicken every Christmas. I did know this from one of our listeners who has actually lived in Japan before. Oh, look at that! <laughs> a, a Japanese Santa Claus. I can't yeah. see. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's just Colonel Sanders. That's the Colonel Japanese Colonel Sanders. Needs Santa a little help on his beard, but all right, here we go. So, yeah, y'all answer correctly on the last one, KFC. Nice. Yeah, three. Okay, mistletoe means blank in Anglo-Saxon. Oh, man. A, desperate. B, dung on a twig. (laughs) C, tool of of the wench. And D, I hope the answer is just D. Oh, my. Oh, I need you to repeat that. Yeah, repeat right. the, the answers. A, desperate. B, dung on a twig. C, tool of the wench. Oh, man. D, I hope the answer is D. I'm just guessing at this point. I'm, I'm going with the one that sounds the worst. What do you got? Waiting on Evan. All right. Sorry, I'm, I'm the dumb one in the room. So I'm trying to figure out where the apostrophe goes in the answer. There's no apostrophe needed. Oh, okay. Let me just write it down real quick. Actually, then. yeah, give the answer that uses the apostrophe, please. Okay, I'm I'm answering B. C apostrophe. B dung on a twig. That is correct. B is correct. Yes. So apparently the birds eat the the yes. red things on the mistletoe and then when they you know drop relieve it out, themselves. relieve themselves of it, it grows a new uh mistletoe, right? So wow. they call that dung on a twig because it's mistletoe means dung on a twig in anglo-saxon apparently because that's what the internet says (laughs) we always trust the internet if you're tired of the same old boring christmas games break out the victorian era classic snapdragon Here's how it works. Soak a bowl full of blank in brandy, which we won't have because we're, you know, we don't drink and we're Christians, right? Amen. Set it on fire, then take turns pulling out handfuls and swallowing them whole. So what is blank? A, figs, B, cherries, C, raisins, D, with free healthcare, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Although that's modern times. B, I, you know, Victorian times, I'm not sure they had the, the, their own free healthcare then. So a, uh, a bowl full of blank, which the options Bait. are, which are soaked in brandy mm-hmm. and, and set, set on, on fire. And then you reach in and grab them and eat them as fast as possible. I'm guessing I have wow. some pictures. Okay. So the bowl, the bowl is full of what are our, our options? Four options. A figs, B cherries, C raisins, 
D with free healthcare. Who cares? Wow. What was the name of it? Snapdragon. 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 <laughs> I guess the fire breath makes sense. I, Isn't it dragon? This is a Christmas game. I'm glad I've never played. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm ready. I have my answer. I'm ready. Right. I'm going A. So A figs, figs, and cherries. The answer is C raisins. Oh, raisins. And what did you base your answer on? I was thinking Christmas figgy puddings. <laughs> I didn't mind based on climate. I, I just don't know anyone wow. who actually eats figs, but I feel like I hear about them a lot in like nursery rhymes and. Yeah, I was thinking the same. We thing. had a fig tree in the yard wow. growing up. So, so there's this picture I, you know, that went along with this. And when I looked it up, it, and there's these kids huddled around a bowl that's on fire. And it's a drawing of them, you know, and they're all reaching in, stuffing their faces full of raisins that are on fire. Wow! Look at this thing. Wow. You got to Google search that if you're yeah. listening to this podcast right now. That looks intense. Yeah. Fine. Okay. So I'm going to butcher the this pronunciation, but it's called Takanakui. It's a Peruvian Christmas tradition, also known as the Blank Festival of Peru. So the Blank Festival of Peru. So A, fighting. B, lighting, C, biting, or D, <laughs> Peruvian corn nuts from Trader Joe's are pretty good. <laughs> fighting, lighting, biting. Fighting Festival of Peru, lighting Festival of Peru, or biting Festival of Peru. What, is, is, the, is, what is the original word for it? Uh, Takakanui. Oh, wait, no, wait, T-A-K-A-N-A-K-U-Y. So, Takananakui. Yeah, so this happens at Christmas time. Okay. I think I, I think I got this one. Okay, let's see it. You think you know it like in advance? Like I don't you've think heard I of this know before it, or what? But I'm I've never heard of this before. But I'm fairly confident in my okay. answer. What, what's your answer then? I want to see yours. Is first. it based on language? Yes. I'm going B. Lighting. Oh, B was lighting. C. I'm gonna go with fighting. Yes. Fighting oh. is correct. C. No. It's biting festival. <laughs> <laughs> so they literally just fight in the street. Yeah. Well, yeah, so they gather around, and the, the the intent is members of the community duke it out to settle old scores or display machismo. Wow. wow. Apparently, even the ladies get into it. Yeah, look at this. Good night. Wow. That's what's wrong with California. We don't have a fighting festival. Every, every day's year. a fighting festival. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. All right. So that was the kind of the end of the, the Christmas-themed one. Okay, so, so okay. go. General trivia. Although, go. I guess... Can, can I get a score update? Uh, Derek with two, pass with one. Zero. Yes. Oh, zero. Evan has zero. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Since in what country could you compete in a wife carry race? Ooh. A. Finland. B. Norway. C. Sweden. Or D. What is wrong with the Scandinavians? Ooh. Oh. Wife. Care? I have heard of this before. Wife? But the fact that they're all in the same area, my memory's blurry. Hold on. So we're just carrying the, the wife across like a finish line? Like it's a like it's a race? Yeah, I guess they just wow. throw them over the shoulder and get going. A, Finland. B, Norway. C, Sweden. Or D, what is wrong with the Scandinavians? And I'm one of them, so it's, it's on me too. <laughs> You're one of the wife carriers? <laughs> uh, you got an answer, Evan? Why does it matter? I don't want to answer first this time. Okay. I'm B. Not, I'm not as confident. B. Norway. Did, Norway? 
Sweden. B, nope, Norway. it is Finland. What? Finland. Come on. A, Finland. The Finns. Mm-hmm. I could name some countries that I know it's not. <laughs> you mean states? <laughs> states and countries. Well, why wouldn't it be, Evan? No comment. <laughs> Okay, who is the famous writer of Heir to the Fjord? A. Hans Kafka, B. Timothy Zahn, C. Valtteri Skaldik, or D. Oh, come on, you're just making that up. Yeah, that's how I feel at this at this point. Same again. So, who is the famous writer of Heir to the Fjord? A. Hans Kafka, B. Timothy Zahn, C. Valtteri Skaldik, or D. Come on, you're just making that up. Oh, I'm going D. A. I'm going to say this is the first time I've been tempted to put D, but I'm going to say Kafka. It is D. I just oh. made that up. It is secretly a Star Wars reference. Oh, what? Nice. What? I am making that up. So, okay, we, now we, we got sure to keep, keep an eye out for that fourth option. Yes. Tricky. I got to make sure I, I, got your, I got your point. I got your point, Evan. <laughs> Thank you. So, so Timothy Zahn for the Star Wars, he, he actually wrote a, a, a trilogy that took place after the original trilogy, episodes four through six, right? This is what back, what they called the extended universe. Um, they, they now call it Star Wars Legends, you know, hmm. since Disney bought it. So he wrote this trilogy called the Thrawn Trilogy. Very, it's one of the more celebrated trilogies out there. So do you think they would have been better movies than seven, eight, and nine? It would make it hard because there were supposed to be still like Luke Han Lee, they're supposed to be still young in that that period. Uh, so that's why it would have made it hard. You know, everybody would have loved that, but it would have had to occur like right after yeah. in the timeline. Not, it, it, yeah, it takes place very shortly thereafter. Okay. CG is just not there yet. Yeah, you know, Han and Leia had kids at that point too, uh, and, you know, but they weren't grown up. Hmm, nicely done. So the book Timothy Zahn wrote is called uh, "Heir to the Empire." Uh, not heir to the fjord. <laughs> Clever. Okay, so here's that was a question. curveball and a yeah. half right there. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. In- what planet did Timothy Zahn introduce in Heir to the Empire before it was shown in Episode One? So he introduced a planet. Oh no. That was shown in Episode One again because he wrote the book before Episode the- One, which is the fourth movie. Which is the fourth one, right? It's a prequel trilogy, right? So. Okay. Where Anakin's a little kid, right? Okay. So, A, Mustafar, B, Naboo, C, Coruscant, or D, Too Geeky? All these <laughs> sound the same amount of familiar. This is the planet. So, this is so, the planet so, yeah. that Anakin grew up on? So, so A no, 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 is no, no, Mustafar. No. That's where that's where Darth Vader ultimately goes to and lives. Why would he tell lives. you that? Remember, that's, that's where they fight in episode three. You know, where, where um, actually Anakin gets his legs chopped off and all that. Wait, which planet is that? Mustafar. That's Anakin, a. I have the high ground. That's okay. Exactly. Mustafar. That's Mustafar. I don't know what you said. <laughs> it just sounded like yelling in your microphone again. Uh, Naboo is where... where Turn it down um, a little bit. Are you ousting me today? <laughs> so B, Naboo is where uh, Princess uh, Amidala, Queen Amidala was from, right? You know, they you know they blockaded that planet at the beginning of episode one. And then Coruscant is the capital. And then D is too geeky. Obviously. Man, and, I have no idea. All right, B. C. Naboo. C is correct. Oh. 
So the they capital, sh- they didn't mention the capital? <clears throat> so, no, yeah, in the original trilogy, they did not. And I know things. Timothy Zahn actually, um, he coined the term and, and he included it in the book. And, and then George Lucas liked it. There were some elements of what he included that weren't kept about the clones, but, you know, he, uh, mm. did, he did coin the term Coruscant as a, as a planet-wide city, and it was kept as a capital for the other the prequel trilogy. I guess Evan knows his Star Wars. And speaking wow. of Star Wars, in Star Wars... Oh, no. <laughs> last one. Oh, no. Yeah, night. In Star Wars, what was the name of Han and Leia's first son? Actually, they were twins, so they actually had a boy and a girl twin. Twins. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm finding out right now that they even had kids. Oh no, you, no, you, you just don't. You're not remembering who the son is, but you, you are aware of one kid. So, so no, and this, yes, you wait, are. Wait, Han, Han and Leia got married in. Okay, and, and so, so, in, but even in the you know the extended universe before they made the before Disney bought them, okay, they had three three children. The first son is named A. Jason Solo, B. Oh Anakin Solo, C. Ben Solo, or D. This is just here to appease the Star Wars listeners. Yes, I'm going D. I'm hoping. I don't want to give a hint. I'm going, All right, I'm already written down my I'm, thing. Okay. I'm going hoping. I'm hoping for some loyalty from Disney to the extended universe here. I put no. It is ben Jason Solo. Solo. That's why Jace, he's my favorite. J, wow. It's spelled J A C E N. Jason Solo. Okay, you're gonna have to explain that. Now in the in the new trilogy, Ben and so so it's it's so in the in the extended universe before Disney bought it, Luke had a son named Ben. Ben Skywalker. So they just kept Ben and gave it to Man. Kylo Ren as his name. So when but he still would have had Skywalker blood, so they could still keep the same kind of... Yeah, there, yeah. there's some... That, that threw me for a loop. I've never heard of a Jason. It's, it seems like not a Star Wars name. I know, I know, but it's spelled funny. It's spelled science fiction-y, right? J-A-C-E-N. Jason. Yeah, Jesus. A little bit of science here. So there are six quarks. <laughs> two are called up, down, and two are called top, bottom. What are the last two named? If you know the atom, right? The atom okay. has electrons flying around a nucleus, uh-huh. and which is contains a protons and neutrons. Okay, actually, the protons and neutrons have little tinier particles inside of them, and they're called quarks, held together by what are called gluons. Okay. This in the nucleus, you have the weak and strong nuclear force. Not that you don't worry about it. So the the proton is actually composed of two up quarks and one down quark. And the quarks actually have a, a fractional charge. So an up quark has a two-thirds charge. And so if you have two up quarks, that's four-thirds. And then the down quark is negative one-third charge. So that brings it down to one. Ah. So now that's why a proton has a one charge positive charge and the electron by itself is separate has a negative one charge so they cancel each other out okay anyways so so there are six quarks for uh, two are called up down jason are you a nuclear scientist i wanted to go to caltech and get my phd in theoretical physics but life took me in a different direction so yeah he would have destroyed me in the act wow so again four two are called up down two are called top bottom and so that means the last two are called A, left or right, B, Pi Tau, C, Strange Charm, or D, I don't believe in baryons. 
Yeah, I, I have no idea. All right, I'm just going to guess. I'm going B. Yeah. Pai Tao. Oh, wow. Y'all got it wrong. Spelled actually. wrong. Oh. <laughs> it is Strange Charm. I, I can't remember what? why they that named it that. That was my second answer. So, so they... <laughs> out of three. They called them up-down particles, and then there's the top-bottom particle, and then they call it Strange and Charm. I don't know why they did that. I can't remember why. What's, mm. what's Pai Tao? You just made that up? I did. Well, actually, there is a Pai... Or is that a Star Wars reference? No, so no. Those are Greek letters. Greek letters, but there is a Pi and Tau particle, so... A tau particle is a really, really heavy electron, and the pi is actually uh, up-down. It down. sounded the most realistic to me, so that's why I chose okay. it. Yeah, makes Strange sense. charm sounded not realistic. That sounded, exactly. like, sounded like a D. Could yeah. have been. Could have it, been. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. All right, that one's a little bit of a... That was a tough one. Yeah. Jason, have you ever built a nuclear bomb? No, no. Okay. He He's not allowed to say that on there. Okay, I'm just making sure. Jason, the listeners will never know. Blink twice if you built a <laughs> nuclear bomb. You do deal with things like nuclear event detection. So, you know, you have to deal with this like on aircraft, right? Uh-huh. The fact that a nuclear bomb could go off and what happens to the aircraft. Um, hmm. So, you know, how do you, how do you pre- prevent the aircraft from falling out of the sky, right? What do you do to the power systems? What do you do to, how do you protect the circuitry? Like, for example, they have this in, in tanks, right? The, the, the issue is you may lose the people, but you can keep the equipment. Huh. <laughs> wow. You're, you're prioritizing. It, yeah. So you have to be able to detect when there's yeah. a nuclear event and protect the equipment. And if the people make it, they make it, right? Wow. And, and there's like lots of equipment that could survive a nuclear blast? Well, yeah, most most military equipment is designed, uh, specific types, right? You know, like the Abrams has is designed to, you know, withstand nuclear events or be able to basically when a nuclear event occurs there's an emp that's really what you're protecting against oh okay okay this is why ai is going to survive long past us so because we're setting it up to survive what's the what's the biggest bomb you built in chemistry class i built a a works bomb you ever build one of those in chemistry class Mm -hmm. you get that works material and you like tinfoil yeah put the tinfoil in there we used to like do the dry ice the frozen co2 and put them in soda bottles and like yeah let them blow up Like that was chemistry class for you? No, that was, just, that was just fun. You, you go pay. It's just another Friday night in the life of Jason. Just yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. Well, we were kids, right? The guy would, with the uh, the ice cream cart, you give him like you know a few bucks and he'd give you some dry ice and you'd go blow up your uh, soda bottles. Yeah. All right. Which, I- which metal is the most reactive? Oof. A, nickel. B, potassium c magnesium or d metal doesn't react i react to it Ooh, wow. mm. nickel potassium magnesium and it does not react at so, all at this point i've guessed on 97 percent of these questions all right i'm guessing nickel uh, potassium right yes yeah. yeah, so derek got his correct potassium so this is what it looks what? like if you put potassium in water it will like explode. wait you wrote he wrote the letter k on yeah his board, which is though. the chemical He's just Letter. showing off. K yeah. for chemical. No, you don't. You don't get, <laughs> K was not an option. It no, was A, B, C, or D. K means potassium on the... on the. doesn't matter. <laughs> you didn't write one of the letters. I'm taking it. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> on Sunday, what is illegal to sell in Columbus, Ohio? This is more for a shout out to Michael Futrella there in okay. Ohio. So, A... So this is illegal to sell on Sunday in Columbus, Ohio. Every Sunday or because Christmas? 
Just Sunday. Okay. Every Sunday? Yes. Okay. As far as I know. A, macaroni and cheese. B, orange juice. C, cornflakes. Or D, what is high in the middle and round on both ends? Oh, that's the wrong joke. <laughs> it's illegal to sell on Sunday. Yes. In the city of Columbus, Ohio. Apparently, yes. Okay, give us our options again. A, macaroni and cheese. B, uh, orange juice. C, cornflakes. Or D, uh, it's just D. I have no idea. Man. This has to be one of those laws that doesn't get enforced, right? Like one of those random book laws that yeah. just snuck through the rule books that never been repealed. Yeah, probably something against the the maker of cornflakes, you know. Yeah. And, <gasps> oh. oh, wait, did I just say it? <laughs> <laughs> C, cornflakes, what did you put? I put OJ. OJ, OJ. No, oh, Pastor got it. So ah. it is C, cornflakes. Come on, guys. I know lots about. What was your thinking on OJ. I felt like I'd heard it. You know what my thinking on cornflakes was? A total guess. A guess. <laughs> a total guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember why, but yeah, it's probably somebody something against, you know, back when they were making cornflakes initially and, you know. They oh, probably made them in Michigan. Yeah. That's where Kellogg's is, right? He, oh. I'm not sure, but if it was, Ohio That's, people would hate it. Mm-hmm. Only on Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. <laughs> okay. Puts it on par with Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Cornflakes and Chick-fil-A. No alcohol, no Chick-fil-A, and nothing from Michigan on that day. Mm-hmm. What is banned in public spaces in Florida after 6 p.m.? A. Burping. B. Farting. C. Singing. And D. Are you kidding? The party never ends in Florida. <laughs> According to the internet. It's banned in Florida. Whatever. I, I don't know. That's why you have to guess. Burping? Okay. Farting, singing, or the absence of partying. You're not allowed to not party. <laughs> As if A and B were partying. Depends who you party with. No one I want to party with. I'm going to go with C. You got B. I'm going to say burping. It is B, farting. Farting? Oh, wow. It's wow. coming back. Coming back. I actually got a ticket in Florida, spring break high school, so I know that with my experience. <laughs> really? Farted in a restaurant at 6.05. Next thing I know, the authorities were there. <laughs> Sounds like a ski a ski lift tail right there. Mm-hmm. In Swedish, which is very similar to German, all right, what is the word for driveway? A, upfart, B, infart, C, gutfart, or oh D, seriously, enough with the fart jokes. Okay, here's mine. D. I'm going to say upfart. Ooh. Actually, it is upfart. Shut up! I guess like fart means like kind of like journey or like, it's like gutfart in German is like good journey and, you know, have a good journey. So upfart must mean like Go up your to your house, good junior. I don't know. <laughs> okay, can we get a score update? So Evan with three, Pastor with two, Garbage. and Derek with four. <sighs> four. How, how many to the uh, moderator here? You've stumped us on yeah. how many? You guys need to be graded on a curve. That's what it means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, this one's fun. So, what ailment kills the most? Uh, what ailment kills? Fruit flies the most. So what ailment kills fruit flies the most? A, starvation. B, poisoning. 
C, constipation, or D, me if they decided to come in my house. What ailment kills him the most? Mm. Only because I feel like only because I feel like it's it's just strange. C. I put constipation. Yes, everybody got it correct. It is constipation. It seems just crazy enough. A crossbreed between donkey and zebra is known as A. A Donbra. I know this one already. B. Zonkey. C. Zeki. Or D. Impossible is what I'd call it. Let the record show I wrote my answer before he finished reading the options. Which means it's not D. Because I've I've ridden one of these before. You've ridden it? Wow. We got one in the family, and that's not a ski tail either. C. Zonky. It is Zonky. So, oh, Pastor. Oh, <laughs> falling behind here. So, like, apparently, we'll it, it. it kind of looks like a donkey with, like, striped legs. Wow. Nicely done. That is goofy looking. Big old head. Yeah. Yeah. When people are frightened, what do they produce more of? Ooh. A, spit. B, earwax. C, gray matter. Or D, girly screams. This is weird. Okay, spit. Spit. No, it is earwax. What? Apparently, they. I don't know who did the study, but that's that's how it turned out. Apparently, you you produce more earwax when you are scared. Hmm. I wonder why. That's strange. Strange that they actually have a a statistic on that. Earwalk, earwalks, earwax. <laughs> Still on Star Wars over there. Ewoks. Ewoks. Earwalks just protects your ears from infection, right? That's its purpose. Kind of. And to clog up your AirPods. So I wonder how they, how they. If, I don't know. It, found that out. Yeah. Because uh, it has to be extremely minute. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You have to somehow like study this. Like, I don't know if they like had people watch scary movies or mm-hmm. or, or what. But, and you know the scariest part is that project and study probably received a government grant. <laughs> That's true. Your tax dollars at work, America. Yeah, 17. This question is personal because I'm starting to get to the age where I'm starting to get that ear hair and you're like, I see it, it's growing more faster than I can pull it out. But I'm not old enough to a point where I'm, I don't care anymore. Right? <laughs> so I'm still young enough where I'm like, I got to get it. I got to you know, always look for it. And then I'm not old enough where I don't care. So what is the longest ear hair recorded? Oh, my word. A, 1.47 inches. B, wow. 3.65 inches. C, 7.12 inches. Or D, all I know is that's not a record I'm going for. <laughs> well, can two answers be true? Recorded. <laughs> Well, okay. oh yeah, so longest recorded, you know, Guinness Book of World Records type of thing. Oh, my word. Okay. I think I have an answer. B. I want to say seven inches. It is seven inches. Shut up. There's oh. a there's a, oh. a, a school teacher named Anthony Victor in India. He's nicknamed ear-haired teacher. Oh. So you see it's super long. Seven Very creative with two. the nicknames in India. Yeah. <laughs> ear-haired teacher. Is Thanks, that what Captain it is? Obvious. Yeah. That's that's kind of disturbing. Yeah, it's like it's coming out of his ears. I mean, it's like it's not just and hair. it's not just one hair. It's it's a <laughs> he's got bushel. A, he has an crazy. ear beard. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's at least a hair on there that was the the length of the B one. So. Yeah, eighteen. Who is the first prime minister of Australia? Julia Gilliard, Julia Gilliard, Julia Gilliard, or D, somebody not named Julia. What you got, Derek? First prime minister. Let's see how progressive were they whenever Australia. Well, was bureaucracy. Well, so let's make sure. Who is the first female prime minister? Oh, of Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, okay. sorry. Okay. Who is oh. the first female prime minister of Australia? Okay. A. Julia Gilliard. Gilliard. B. Julia Gilliard. Yeah. C. Julia Gilliard. And D. Somebody not named Julia. Thank you for that distinction. Yeah. yeah. I was leaning heavily on the uh, prejudice of British colonialism. C. A. I yeah. got A. It is A. Rude. <sighs> I don't know. Out of the letters that it ended a, in, Julia a D Gilliard. sounded the most British. Tease, I thought the same thing. That, seemed, that sounds like a name I've heard before. Yeah, T's a little <laughs> bit Italian. The D ending is very, uh, very British. Juilliard, Gilliard. I think it's funny. It was just a guess. An educated guess. Yeah, nothing. What was the first fruit eaten on the moon? Oh. A, apple, B, grape, C, peach, or D, is tang considered a fruit? <laughs> Did they go to the moon? Ooh. <laughs> Derek? Okay. Well, you're asking the wrong person. You need to ask Jason because... You won't be able to tell us that. I don't know. I feel like... Tang, they probably would have had something similar to Tang. Tang was invented for space people, right? Yeah. Yeah. But is it considered a fruit? <laughs> I'm going for A, apple. C, peach. C, peach. Yes, it was a peach. <sighs> C, peach. Yes, good for uh, all you uh, Southerners out there. Yeah. Wow. Georgia peach. Mind is blown right now. Did you know? No. That Chick-fil-A is headquartered in Georgia? And that for their seasonal peach milkshake, they import their peaches from Greece. Ooh. Who told you that? Professor Johnny Pope. <laughs> he was there for the couple of trees. That was, that's, that's when he what, told me. That's yeah. what he told you, yeah. Because yeah. I remember like, he saw, talked about having to... He just, yeah, he loved He was raving about him. All right. Johnny Pope, if you're listening... Don't worry, he's not. <laughs> that was what I took away from your couple's retreat. <laughs> that was the lesson you got out of couple's retreat? Yep. That's funny. In Alaska, it is legal to shoot a bear, but not to blank. A, wake one up. B, feed them. C, pet them. Or D, all I know is I'm staying away from wild bears. Got it. Are you ready? I have my answer down. I'm very very troubled right now. D, I'm staying away from the bears. (laughs) (sighs) Do you have an answer yet, Evan? No. A, wake one up, B, feed them, or C, pet them. What is it not legal to do? <laughs> well, we know pastor's out now. Yeah. I really, I'll give my grievances after. Why? Because you think it's more than one? I don't have an answer yet, oh. so we can't discuss answers. Well, I've already written mine down. I'm not changing it, so you can think out loud. B. I put wake it up. That is correct. A is correct. Wake it up. You are not allowed to wake wow. up a bear. You can shoot one, but you can't wake it up. 
Well, I'm pretty sure all of those things are illegal. <laughs> I know. Well, it's a lot. I don't know. Uh, I I never been to Alaska. I, I have no no clue. But that's what the internet says, right? But you are allowed to pet them as long as they don't wake up. You're allowed to shoot them as long as they don't wake up. <laughs> Think about that. Great. Brother Jason, thank you. That was awesome. Amazing. I'm going to score, insist though? on a so, score check. Yeah, what's the so final the score? final score? Who's the winner? I, do I have to add the pastor bonus like in here? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Evan, you got a score of six. Pastor, two. Ouch. <laughs> Not very good at guessing, apparently. And and Derek, a score of eight. Nice. Uh, there might have been still nine. Failing, I don't know if I added the last one. Maybe I have to add the last Ooh, one. So it might have been nine. Still failing. So, yeah. Wow. Those I'm, are some pretty intense questions. When you picked these, were any of them ones that you already knew? Some of the science-y ones, okay. yeah. Yeah, or the Star Wars, obviously. So that's why I, I wrote those myself. The other ones, I just kind of scoured the internet for like, you know, obscure trivia, some just questions. Well, what we want to do next is ask you guys some questions that you do know the answers to. Christmas favorites. Christmas memories, especially from our childhood, it seems like they stick in our mind better than anything else. I don't remember everything that happened every year as a kid, but I feel like I remember almost every Christmas. Um, so we're going to dig into our brains a little bit. You at home can do the same thing. Derek, think back to many Christmases past. What's the earliest Christmas you remember? I would have to say... The Christmas that I was five years old was the earliest one. All right. I feel like it was a monumental one because it was our first Christmas in California. Oh. And I remember getting a toy ATM machine <laughs> that I took very seriously. <laughs> and I deposited every spare cent for a full six months and was so proud of myself. Wow. For having a little plastic ATM card. Safe. Is that your favorite gift of your childhood? It's the most memorable. Brother really? Jason, what's your favorite thing you got for Christmas as a kid? You know, one of the things that I, I got, um, I didn't appreciate enough, was um, this bicycle that looks like a motorcycle. Ah. Right? So, so it had that plastic body that made it look like a motorcycle. I loved it because it's like, I'm driving a motorcycle. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I had that for a while, but then you know, I, you know, I kind of didn't take care of it. Did it come so, with like a full face helmet? No, no, it just it just had the body of a motorcycle like as a plastic sh cover over the That's bicycle. Cool. So that was fun. What's yours? It would be a real close tie between the four-wheeler I got in sixth grade and uh, my first dog, which I got for Christmas in fourth grade. Probably the dog. What was the dog's name? His name was Tiny. <laughs> because he was the... Well, the question was how big was he now? Tiny was, <laughs> he big, was, Tiny was bigger than the dog I have now. Oh, wow. The problem was dog breeders shouldn't name dogs because then they bring you the dog. You're like, oh, we've been calling him Tiny. And then you just start calling. I never got to pick that dog's name. He was the runt of his litter. So they thought he was going to be little. He caught back up pretty quickly. So he was probably a 60 pound dog named Tiny. Okay. The, the better question is, what did he not have in him? <laughs> he was like Border Collie, Labrador, Retriever, and um, Australian Shepherd. He was a great present. Pastor, favorite gift? Original Nintendo. Is that a 64 or no? Is that a dumb question? Or is that a Super Nintendo? Nope. Original. Just, neither. Just, just original. Nintendo. Did it plug just into the, the TV? Plugged into the TV. Christmas traditions, uh, even if it's like very basic, like, oh, my favorite Christmas tradition is opening presents on Christmas morning. 
If that's your favorite, then that's your favorite. There's nothing wrong with that. But favorite thing you did, let's do it this way. Favorite thing you did with your family around Christmas as a child. I'll mm. start while you guys have time to think. Every Black Friday, we would go cut down a Christmas tree. It's like That's how we started the Christmas season. Thanksgiving was Thursday. Friday, we'd all get in the van. We'd go to the tree farm. And every kid wanted to be the one who found the perfect tree. So we would all split up. Be like, Mom, Mom, come check this one out. And our trees were always horrible as kids. But we run spread all over the tree farm. Every year, leave convinced we found the best one they had to offer. Cut it down. Take it home. And that's kind of how we kicked off Christmas season every do, year. Do uh, you and Allison have a real tree now? We do. I've, I've never had a fake tree. Really? Yeah. What's yours? My dad loves Jerry Lewis movies. And so every <laughs> Christmas Eve, we would almost every Christmas Eve, we watch The Stooge with Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. Mm. And it was one of those things, obviously, before the Internet was a big deal. We would have to like hunt the libraries for them. See what, who had it on VHS. <laughs> it was a big deal when we found a new one. I've probably seen every Jerry Lewis movie. What about yours, Jason? Yeah, I mean, so we, as a family, would get together. Uh, we we still do get together at somebody's house, but um, when I was growing up, it was my grandmother's house or grandparents' house. You know, I have no decorating gene, but they do. And, you know, they decorate the house like just it's, that's, that's a garage it's filled with decorations so they decorate the house really well and you know we we get together there and uh um nowadays i make the sweet potatoes that's like that's our tradition like everybody's like you gotta it's it christmas jason's bringing the sweet potatoes um but then i remember when i was growing up i, I can't remember if, I, I think my grandma still did it at christmas was like this lime jello with cottage cheese that's mm. what i would always look forward to as well huh. and so um but nobody makes that anymore because i think she was the only one who made it and liked it yeah well, for our family, there's nothing like specific. There's no like one event, but I, I just do remember us always being together and my parents always prioritize that. So sometimes we'd go see my family in Florida or sometimes we'd go up and see my family in New York, but, or sometimes we just stayed, you know, wherever we were, Louisville or, or wherever, but, um, just the families, yeah, like the family always being together. That was always, um, that was always a high priority. You guys ever uh, drive around and look at Christmas lights as kids? Yeah, we did that. Yeah. yeah, we did that a lot. We did Candy Cane Lane here on Daisy Avenue. I took the little girls over there. I wanted to show them some Christmas lights, and I looked at like best places in Long Beach to find Christmas lights, and that popped up, but it's not lit up. Really? You have to go see it during the day, I guess. They used to go all out. Like Before, they had like these huge trees in the middle, and they would light those. Yeah. They would have these huge like pop-up storybook-style setups wow. yeah. there's no big trees but those storybook setups are all still there oh, that's cool but they're not they're not uh lit up hmm. we would, because we lived close by on the way home from church on sunday nights we would do that every every week drive by the, and see them during december yeah. most memorable christmas mine was probably when i was in it was right about that time upper elementary i don't my brother peyton was just born so it would have had to been 2006 he was born in november Came home, well, mid-December, he got RSV, went in the hospital. So my mom and him are in the hospital. Every day for that end of the school year, we'd get picked up from school, and we'd all go to the hospital. And Christmas, he was still in the hospital. So we got up on Christmas morning. My The principal of our school at the time, he felt bad for us. So we went to their house. I mean, I assume he felt bad for us. We went to their house and had breakfast because we didn't have anything at home. And then after we got breakfast, we went to the hospital 
and it was probably 10 o'clock on Christmas morning. We're all sitting around the room. Peyton's over there with his little respirator in. And I remember feeling like this was the most miserable Christmas. Like there's no, this Christmas is horrible. But even as a kid, I felt the awareness to not show that because I knew my parents probably felt the same way. And then probably mid-morning, our pastor came with boxes of Christmas presents. And we opened up, we covered the floor of the hospital room with wrapping paper. We all got presents from him. And then a couple hours later, some of the deacons from our church came with the same thing. And then that night, my grandma came to the hospital. And I, we, by the end of the day, we had more presents than I'd ever gotten in a, on a Christmas as a kid. And I remember that Christmas is important to me because I look back at that and think that that's, as a kid, that's probably the first time I was aware of God's love for me through the church. Mm. Like it, I remember even as, even as a kid thinking that like, why would these people do this for us? Why are these people bringing all this and just being so thankful for having a church family on a Christmas when everybody's in the hospital. It's not what you picture Christmas morning being. Um, but those people took their time and their money on a day where they probably wanted to stay home with their family and uh, just took care of us and loved us. And that was super impactful for me as a kid to realize that God loves me and he shows his love to me through his church. And um, super memorable. One that sticks out in my mind is um, Christmas 2005. Elena was born in October. And um, she had a heart condition. And she, she like her whole first couple months in and out of the hospital. And I remember they discharged us on Christmas Eve. So we were able to go home and spend Christmas with our family in the house, you know, and that was, you know, looking back doesn't feel like a big deal, but it was a huge deal for us to not have to spend Christmas, you know, with Elena and hooked up to all kinds of monitors and stuff. But Christmas with the family was great for sure. Yeah. I don't know if anyone sticks out of my mind, but I do like the past couple of years with my daughter, you know, getting to see her being excited about the presence or even when she was just like, you know, a newborn, kind of just ripping things open. You get that sense of, man, this is what it's for, right? You know, yeah. you know I'm not a kid anymore, but I'm I'm actually like celebrating uh, uh, Christmas with my child and getting to see her like enjoy it. And, and uh, you know, you know, so it was really nice. I'm enjoying the, this time. So there's a lot that goes into uh, Christmas with, you know, games and favorites and presents and gifts, but I think we'll maybe end the podcast out this way. Uh, let me just give you a few ways to keep Christ at the center of your Christmas celebration and just some practical things here. But the first one is read the Christmas story with your family. Um, we, we always try to do this with our kids, especially when they were little, they loved it. Now that they're older, they they kind of begrudge it, but we make them make them act out the Christmas story. So we come to the... The, the the cattle you know in the in the manger we make them moo and you know the sheep we make them give the uh, little sheep sound and you know when they were really small they would always um, they'd always want to dress up and um, you know they would they would fight and argue over who gets to be baby Jesus you know? <laughs> so it, it, we always regulated that like it had to be a cabbage batch at all you know no one no one gets to be that but re- read the read the Christmas story with your with your family act out the passages make it memorable make it fun. Um, uh, a second thought here, you know, when you're, when you're using, um, like Christmas calendars, think about the actual Christmas timeline when Mary would have been told the news, when the wise men would have heard the story, when Joseph would have been given a dream, when they would have gotten up and traveled to, 
the city of Bethlehem. Sometimes when you read the Christmas story, you can fall into just the mundane of the, the familiarity. So read read the Christmas story in a different way by just kind of following it chronologically. So so follow a, a good Christmas calendar. Always helpful. Another another idea here, just with helping to keep Christ at the center. Um, read through Old Testament prophecies about the birth of Christ. You know, read those great passages in Isaiah chapter nine. Think through those passages in Micah, other places like that. Of course, you have the Psalms. You could go all the way to the beginning in Genesis three and. Read through those promises, the promises to David, the promises to Abraham. You know that that God would 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 not forget the, those promises, and those promises were were brought to fruition at the at the appropriate time. Um, another thought, you know, watch a watch a Christ focused movie, not just a not just not just a Christmas movie, right? Not just Hallmark, but but a, a Christmas movie that tells the 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 story of Jesus. It turns our attention um, to Christ. So. Um, a, a, a Christ-focused Christmas movie. You're on vacation or a holiday from school or whatever, you know. So you're going to get extra time, but you're going to watch shows and you're going to watch movies. But make make sure you at least spend some time reminding yourself what this is really what this is really all about. I think at your uh, at your show, right, The Chosen. That's the that's the the story of Jesus that you like. Yeah, The Chosen's really good. They don't focus as much on Jesus as they do the disciples, but I'm pretty sure they did some kind of Christmas special. Yeah. Um another another idea if you're if you're watching movies or you're seeing things in the in the neighborhood or whatever, you know, in the culture society, make sure you remind yourself and if you have kids, remind your kids, you know, the the wrong messages at Christmas time. You know, Christmas isn't about those things. Christmas isn't about that. And and make sure that you're you're spending your time preaching to yourself and reminding people around you of what Christmas really is and what the real message of Christmas is all about. You know, as Christians, we don't just celebrate the Christmas season. We we celebrate the savior. Like that's what Christmas is. It's not just a holiday. It's the coming of Christ into the world. So we want to make sure that you know, we're when other messages are coming along the way that would pull our hearts or minds or spirit away from the true meaning of Christmas, then um, we, we want to make sure we call that out and get that corrected. Uh, another one, listen to uh, Christ exalting Christmas music. I don't know. Evan, did you ask us what our favorite Christmas song was? I did not. Oh, man. What's yours? What's yours? My, f- oof. I think we talked about this. This week, my favorite Christmas hymn is definitely "Oh Come Let Us Adore Him." Yeah, I think that that's that's there's so much doctrine in that song. Um, you don't have to try to see Christ in it. Uh, we could sing that song year round as a you know as a, pray, a way to give praise to who God is and what He did. Yeah, um, that's my favorite Christmas song. I think. Oh, holy night! Yeah, that's my favorite. I was gonna say, "Have yourself a merry little Christmas." Until that point. <laughs> But Oh Holy Night's definitely one of the, my favorites, and then I think Silent Night's pretty up. Pretty yeah, and there's, I mean, there's certainly like nothing wrong with you know, have yourself a Merry Christmas or a White Christmas. Mm-hmm. You Mistletoe know? by Justin Bieber. That's my, <laughs> that's my favorite secular Christmas song. Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. There's nothing, nothing wrong with these kind of songs to you know help keep a good Christmas spirit and in, in, in mood. But um, you know, we we should find ourselves making sure that we're glorifying Christ, not just the snow. You right. know. Um, we're we're celebrating 
Christ and his coming, not just a, an opportunity for Evan to kiss Allison under the mistletoe. <laughs> under the dung on the branch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and maybe the, the final two thoughts here I'll give you, but you know, just re- remember the, the dangers of materialism. And it's easy to get pulled into, I want, I want, I need, I need, where's my list, you know? And to, to lose sight that, you know, really the most important thing at Christmas is, is Christ, what he's done for us individually, but also what he's done for us in our community as a church and hopefully in your family as an individual. And, um, you know, I, for me, especially it's easy as a parent to um, think that, man, I've got to give my kids all of these things on their wish list for them to have a good Christmas. Um, but really, you don't. You don't. You can have a great Christmas and have no gifts because you're reminded of what the real Christmas, what the real meaning of Christmas is, is truly all about. So, you know, part of that is me making sure I'm checking my own heart and, and making sure that I'm teaching my kids the lessons that are truly important to them. Not obviously not saying that giving the gifts is, you know, wrong or that if you want a gift that makes you materialistic, we're not, we're not saying that, but we're saying just guarding against a materialistic spirit. And you know, they always talk about the, the, um, after Christmas morning, you have the, you know, the letdown, of Christmas morning. You opened it, you had the, the, the rush of, Oh, here's a present. And now, you know, the letdown. And a lot of times, you know, between Christmas and the new year, there's a lot of people who have given themselves to a spirit of materialism, who have found really an emptiness there mm. that it's shallow, that no gift can fill the void that Christ alone can fill. So, um, m- making sure that you're, you're battling that, and then, and then the last thing that I would say, you know, make a make a highlight for your Christmas season, um, something that's others focused, not just something that you fo- that that's you focused. Um, I, th- I think you know we we talk about our favorite moment at Christmas, our favorite memory, your favorite tradition, and you know, kind of what strikes the the chord on all of the ones that were shared were they were they were somebody serving somebody else, you know. That's what made it so special that somebody was doing something for somebody else by way of serving or giving or helping and, you know, find, find individuals in your own community or church community, find individuals in your own family and, um, strive to strive to serve them at this season. And that'll help to, um, keep Christ at the center. So those, those would be some of our thoughts and we've hoped that you've, uh, enjoyed the, uh, the podcast today, a little bit longer with the Christmas special. I hope you uh, enjoyed having uh, the trivia. Hope you played alongside of us. And Jason, thank you so much for being in studio with us. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, we're glad you're here. I hope we don't, um, you know, have the FBI come knock on our doors because we've, uh, or CIA or whoever, whoever it is. is you work yeah, for. Area 51 <laughs> representatives are going to show up, right? K- KGB. <laughs> but thank it's you. It's called FSB now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being with us. Evan's going to close us out with any kind of uh, uh, reminders for the podcast and um, and the social pages that you'll, you'll need to be made aware of. Yeah, I want to let you know that if you order your hat by this week, it probably will not get to your house in time for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, but New Year's presents are in. I don't know if you've heard that. New Year's presents are in. What? Yeah. I'm making that up right now. 
but they can be in with the purchase of your very own Faith by Hearing hat. Sewn on a Richardson snapback hat with an English bridal leather custom engraved patch right on the front with our logo. A great way to let people know what's in your earbuds. You just made that hat sound so incredible. It's pretty incredible. That's amazing. I like hat. it. And we'll uh, fill your box with stickers. Seriously, get a hat headed your way uh, for yourself, for a loved one, for someone else you know. Maybe for the person who introduced you to this show. It's a token of your gratitude at the holiday season. Either way, uh, let us know. Shoot us some feedback and um, on Instagram as well as Twitter. Or send us an email at faithbyhearingpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Let us know if you got a perfect score on trivia. And uh, we'll see if we believe it. I want to close out today's podcast with my favorite excerpt from the poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas. Some of you are thinking, I don't know that. Well, you do. It's Twas the Night Before Christmas and all through the house. Yeah, we've all heard it. My favorite line right there in the middle. Uh, the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there to punch Arius in the face. <laughs> Have a great Christmas season. <laughs>